to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome to episode 293 of the Dave's I Know podcast. Um, getting very close to 300, guys. We're going to hit 300 before the end of the year. So, Oh, my God. Very cool. Uh, all right. We have the regular crew here today. Jess, how are you doing? I am well. And in case you forget to ask, how did my dance go? Well, I fucked that shit up in ways that I had never fucked it up in rehearsal, not even once. And I was, um, and then I slipped on a glove and couldn't get up. And that was fun. And so it it was, um, I managed to have a good time, but (laughs) next time I perform will be in November and it's going to be with chairs, so stay tuned. <laughs> Let's see if I can manage not to fuck that up. Sounds good. It sounds uh, like in November, you will show signs of improvement. Yes, no doubt about it. Let's hope. And obviously you heard MJ there. MJ, how are you doing, bud? You know, you've had a busy weekend. Yeah, I just got back into town. Uh, my My girlfriend finally met my sister, my brother-in-law, and their two sons. How'd it go? It went well. In fact, my sister and Jen were laughing to themselves and not telling me what it was about. And I, I don't know. I think that's, that was my goal, right? Like I should be happy about that. Indeed. Until you you figure out what they were laughing about. Yes. (laughs) I mean, it's what it is. So, all right. Well, that's cool. Um, some things yeah. are not for me to know. <laughs> just, things... just like in the soccer world. Just that like is, in the soccer world. That is fair. Um, well, I played a lot of soccer this weekend. And then, uh, yeah, what did I do? How did, the, how did Sickos go on Saturday? Sickos went really well. We had 22 or 23 people, and then of, of which about three or four of those were mostly spectators. So, yeah, it's it keeps it gets like bigger. There's new, new people every week. It's been, what? five weeks now and we had at least five new people every single week so it's uh it's pretty cool i'm i'm a big fan so unfortunately i'm gonna miss the next two weeks next two weekends because i'm gonna be in new york city so if you ever want to go and um not have to deal with me then these are the next two weekends are the best two weekends to go to go do it so. i'm in <laughs> uh, you wouldn't be probably the only person that i know that wouldn't want to play with me it's and it's the funny thing is i was talking with rodrigo uh last night he brought uh Santi his uh, son is celebrating his golden birthday yes Ooh. and apparently he woke up on Saturday on Saturday and, and asked him what he wanted to do and he said go play uh soccer at noon so I was pretty I felt pretty good about myself Aww, for that look at you being a role model in yeah soccer. but also more more importantly uh Rodrigo and I were both off the pitch at a time and he comes over to me he's like this is getting kind of aggressive and I was like 
Yeah, it's funny that the people who are like probably like the I don't want to say the worst at soccer, but like the not people who haven't clearly played soccer in quite some time or ever, they are mm-hmm. the ones who are the more, who are the more aggressive people. I believe uh, the, the ones the ones of us who have played soccer know to like take the foot off the gas, but because no, no, no. They, they've never people had like a ref me. whistle and give them a yellow card. Sorry, Jeff. That's... What were you going to say? I was going to say it's it's people like me that like don't can't can hardly visualize offsides. Um, when spectating we get on the pitch and we're just like oh man i'm gonna get this i'm gonna do this thing and then we kick people and we throw elbows i mean i i i know myself i know they're not people these people are not doing bad i'm not and i'm not trying to cast any aspersions on folks but I think I think a lot, a lot of people were concerned about it being like you know uh, people taking it too seriously. And the first few weeks, obviously, no one was taken seriously. But I think the more that people are playing, pretty you know week in week out, they're like they are getting a little more serious about it, which I think is a cool thing. And yeah, definitely not trying to cast any aspersions on anybody who comes or. or I have not been. So yes. I have not. Jess has not been there, so yeah. she doesn't know. Um. All right. Well, enough about our stupid you know personal lives and stuff. Um. Let's talk about. <laughs> Let's talk about Minnesota United soccer. Uh, they played a couple games this week. Uh, we're going to focus more on one than the other for, uh, I think, yes, fairly obvious one. reasons. Guess which one? But uh, yeah, guess which one? Um, it does not uh, rhyme with Smashville. So. <laughs> so let's talk about the game on two- this past Tuesday. Uh, Loons 2 to Luca 2. Uh, and the Loons, as I predicted in the uh, previous podcast, win 4-2 on penalties. As a matter oh, of fact, did you so, predict exactly that score? I'm pretty sure I said, I know I said for sure said penalties. Um, I sure for sure said the loons will not have to take their last penalty. And I maybe didn't say four, two, but I said the loons will not have to take their last penalty um, at, at the last podcast. So hmm. it's pretty, pretty impressive. I know you, you didn't do a parlay bet on this though. Did you? I did not. Unfortunately, I did not uh, no. bet gamble any of my actual money on, on this uh, result. So. Uh, all right, let's go through the goals quick. Um, 13th minute, Minnesota uh, takes it. With, so basically, Minnesota you know, started this game off, uh, pretty much took it to uh, Toluca. 13th minute, uh, Rosales with the first goal of the game. Not someone you'd expect, but this goal happens because there's a uh, Reynoso run and a gorgeous pass from Reynoso to, to Rosales. Um, and Rosales one times it. He's wide open on the left and one times it. And Rosales... Playing left fullback, by the way. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I forgot. To, yeah, I forgot to mention oh, that, that he was changed. Yes. Is, he, is that not his usual spot? He has been subbing in at left wing for injured Songbin and injured Fragapane, but mm-hmm. usually plays center midfield. Yeah, occasionally defensive midfield. So, um, or mostly so defensive this midfield. Right. Out of his hole. Yes. So he had to step in because of what was the reason? There was thought there was a reason he had to. Kamar Lawrence is gone. <laughs> oh, right. Kamar Lawrence left. Yeah. Ethan Bristow, for what I gathered at this point, was not match fit or 90 minutes fit, whatever you want to call. Right. Um, right. And I think DJ Taylor did not play. So if Zarek Valentin had to play on the right, if I'm, if yep. I'm not mistaken, in this one. So I think DJ Taylor still, was he still recovering from the cleats? DJ uh, uh, Taylor started on the right. Oh, he started right. Okay, so Zarek didn't play. So he just, they just brought in. He was, was on the for Zarek. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So not a typical position. Match weeks. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, so bad at them. You had thoughts. You had thoughts on this goal. Okay. 
where the hell, like the way you, you kind of unraveled it here, I feel like it sounded like Ray did a lot of heavy lifting and he did, but this was not a gimme, you know, kind of pass to Rosales. I didn't feel like it was an easy gimme shot considering our shots on target problems recently. And where the hell did he pull this out? I was like elated and I was like, oh yeah, we have that guy. Has that guy scored for us yet in 2023 MLS season? He yes hasn't played no? a lot in the 2023 yeah. season. Um, but he is now proven to be another like Hassani Dotson, Robin Lude can play anywhere. Like I'm really impressed with the guy. Yeah, I was like, yeah, boy, right at this moment. And it was only 13 minutes in, and I was feeling super good. I feel like he definitely set the tone with, well, he and Ray, let's say, set the tone. Yeah, that was his first goal of the season for Minnesota, although he's only played um, in eight games, um, 723 minutes, so not, not a lot, really. He's been... Mostly coming in off the bench, so. Yeah. Well, um, way to make it work. I think 10 games in all competitions, but I could be wrong. Something like that, that yeah. Um, not to be outdone by that beautiful goal, um, Bongi gets his second of the game, or second second goal for Minnesota, uh, first of this game, seventh overall, which at the point, at this time, point in time, tied him with Messi for the Messi. golden boots in uh, League's Cup. This ball was this so Reynoso off of a throw in. Uh, Reynoso and Fragapane have a sort of a little bit of a give and go. Um, Franco passes to Bongi. Bongi takes it near the end line, cuts back, waits for like two or three defenders to sort of dive, and um, with some of the, the poise and uh, patience that he's shown for a couple of goals that he scored, he just absolutely roofs the ball after these uh, defenders had sort of thrown themselves all over the place. Um, this I just again was another great goal, another um, great opportunity to bonk for Bonky to show that he's developed this patience and the mm-hmm. soccer IQ uh, and the soccer wherewithal to to wait for defenders to put themselves out of position to score a goal. And I love how after this goal, immediately Fragapane and Reynoso join Bongi in his I don't know if it's the pecking pigeon goal celebration, but it's you know, a they... loon. It has to be a loon. Isn't oh, it a loon? Is, it, is, is it the loon strut? Is it the loon strut? I don't, you know, whatever. I don't, I, I don't they, know if anyone's ever asked him that. So they, they, they join him. I it, love probably it. a loon bobbing his head. You're probably right. It's the loon dance. Anyway, I love that they immediately come and join him in his goal celebration. And they yeah. look as equally overjoyed as he does. And that's what I love about that moment. So when I was watching this match, I was, for reasons I do not want to go into, was unfortunately watching it live on season pass instead of in person. And I, as I was watching him take his time, I literally had enough beats to say anticipation as he shot it. And um, I'd also had a drink or two, so maybe the timing wasn't as perfect as... It was in my head, but um, Bongi earned his spot on my new laptop 
and now one of my precious bongy posse stickers is firmly affixed to the front of my new <clears throat> workstation. <laughs> Wonderful to hear. So, so Minnesota goes to the half, uh, up two nothing. We think that's you know, and they look they were looking really good too. Uh, not to be outdone though, Minnesota as, as you know, the two nothing lead is one of the the weirdest leads and and um, the protection dangerous leads. 66 minute goal uh, for Toluca. They're uh, in a defender, actually, also too. Their captain Balber Huerta. Um, he, he, not for lack of trying for the Loons defense, and maybe it was, you know, the defense was not great because of uh, them throwing themselves over. But he he shoots off of basically three defenders before he's able to put the ball past um, uh, Dave St. Clair, uh, halving the lead for Minnesota to two to one. Um, this was just a uh, a hodgepodge of weird stuff happening, MJ, right? It's a horseshit clearance by Boxall, and he knows it. And what pisses me off is, correct me if I'm wrong, Zeller, but if you see one of your teammates wide open on a short pass or long pass, you try to boot it to them. If you're unsure, you give the other team a corner or you send it out the sideline. Boot line. it out, yeah. You, you don't give that you don't send it back into play into this unknown void of well maybe one of our our guys will get it maybe one of their guys will get it and that's what he did he sent it forward to the middle where there were five red shirts and no black shirt there was no moon possibly there that he was aiming for he was just clearing to hope to clear and again since boxall rarely does this, but a Minnesota United defender does this every fucking game, and we don't always pay for it. I put this squarely on the defensive coach, Sean McCauley. Yeah. Um, I mean, the problem with this, too, is that this goal is per- directly preceded by a corner kick that shouldn't have been given. Um, yeah. All was, uh, you know, yeah. They, the referee said it was deflected off of Minnesota. So I'm, I'm sure they're frustrated about that. Um, but, yeah, you're right. You have to have your head in the game for sure. So. Uh, well, then Minnesota, you know, kept kept it close. Um, but then in the 73rd minute, uh, Hassani Dotson with his second yellow card, um, which uh, originally was not called, um, but after VAR uh, overturned it and conceded that Dotson um, followed the guy in the box. So not only was it a second yellow card, uh, he's suspended for the next game. Um, there's a penalty. And uh, the... Toluca goalkeeper Tiago Volpe steps up on mm-hmm. scores to make it 2-2. Yeah, you know, it, it, uh, they were both in the air. I think he gave the guy a shove. I think it's a legitimate foul in the box. I don't, how did you guys see it? I mean, it's a it's a penalty for sure. Um, a yellow card um, seems oh, – right. A what, second what, yellow what seems there, pretty harsh, yeah. What, what, I think yeah, the problem – yeah, I think the problem was uh, that because that he didn't both. call – well, I think the problem was that because he didn't call a penalty originally, he didn't call anything when he yeah. reviewed it. He has to, if it's a, if it's a foul in the box, he has to then give a yellow card. Um, yeah. I think that, but the problem with this also too, is that they're the, the uh, officials, they're, they're not, there's not a pool reporter for any of these games. So like they can't even ask the question of the officials. Why was this particular call called the way it was or, or why the VAR um, yeah. after MLS games, there's always a pool reporter that collects the questions for the referees to give to them. And they only, they only give them back written responses. They don't actually talk to the referees, yeah. but in, in these leagues cups games, um, 
that is not the case. They're, they're not allowing the pool reporter to even ask the questions of the referees. So really, it feels like yep. you should get that feedback regardless of whether or not it, like they're going to answer it. Like as I mean, a professional ref, and yeah. I know nothing about professional refing, so totally speaking out of my ass here, just FYI, that's why you love me. Um, as a professional ref, it feels like that would be valuable feedback, regardless of whether you were going to actually entertain answering it or not. It feels like, it almost feels like cheating the system. But that's me talking out of my ass. Da -da, da -da, yeah, da. it's it. The re refereeing and re reporters is a is a regardless of sport is a uh, interesting topic of conversation. Let's put it that way. So, and wouldn't you say this is one of the worst as far as requiring referees to answer any sort of? Like, MLS. As as the, well, MLS, I, I would just say FIFA as a governing body, like soccer oh, refs, so soccer generally, yes. Yeah, soccer generally, I think, is... They, they don't have to answer for any, They don't have to explain anything. They don't have to answer anything. If if they make a call on the field, they don't have to announce to the fans of the stadium any, like anything about it. Um, the, the, the announcer is the one who, over the loudspeaker who says, and the announcer doesn't always have to say what the foul or the yellow card is for. You know, it's, yeah. it's all in the... Weird. goes into this void or this, you know, black hole. That sounds highly undemocratic. Yeah. Well, yes, the, these are not democracies. These are fiefdoms and uh, autocracies, basically. And, yeah. and overlords. Uh, and, and occasionally fascist organizations. So uh, let's get down to All the good parts, though. So, <laughs> um, so Minnesota, oh, Minnesota holds on. Uh, I should say Bristol almost immediately comes in, uh, taking Fragapane's place so that Minnesota can stay in a back four for the rest of the game. Um, Minnesota holds on for the last 15 minutes, plus I believe seven minutes of stoppage time. It was pretty ridiculous. Did you talk about, Vol you talk about Volpe already? Yeah, I said that he scored. Yeah. Okay. Um, we can talk about Goal him here in a sec. What's that? Goalkeeper oh, wars. I, you know, I had a, I had a very long uh, conversation last night on the Minnesota football days about I love goalkeepers who take penalties. Um, yeah. In particular, with regards to the um, Australia France game, which you know we'll have to talk about here. But um, I love goalkeeper, and he stepped up and, and you know in ran the seventy five yards to the, the the spot, took the penalty, yeah, yeah. and ran seventy five yards back. So, um, so yeah. that's an option. Yeah, you can take him in whatever order you want, and anybody can take one who's on the pitch. So, and so like a goalie doesn't necessarily have to like be a good shot. Or... Well, you're not going to let him do it unless you think he's the best player at scoring penalties on your team. So. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like um, extra credit. Well, it's it's unusual, but not as unusual as you'd think. Um, there are goalkeepers that are good with their feet, and mm -hmm. a lot of people think that goalkeepers have the insider, you know, psychological advantage of what's going through a goalkeeper's head during a, ah. a and know how to manipulate that to a shooter's advantage. So if they're good with their feet and they get the psychology of it, you know, you see it more and more. Goalkeepers yep. taking penalties. Yep. So anyway, so we'll get to those penalties. Um, Loons win four to two, as I mentioned uh, at the top of the podcast here. Um, they didn't need their fifth penalty taker. Um, they scored all four of theirs with um, 
Reynoso going first, Boxel, Trap, and then Song Ben. Um, Dane St. Clair made one save off of the Captain Huerta, uh, and their fourth penalty for Toluca hit the post, which guaranteed that uh, Minnesota didn't have to take their fifth penalty and won uh, 4-2. And I should say, uh, Tiago Volpe, the goalkeeper, scored the very first penalty in the penalty shootout, um, beating Dane St. Clair, and then going right to his box to, to step up against uh, Reynoso. Yeah, so he scored two penalty kicks from a certain point of view. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was impressive is this is the second game in a row in this tournament that the Loons advance on penalty kicks. And it was obvious to me that they learned a little bit something about the first time about who should and shouldn't be taking penalty kicks. That is true. I, I think Boxall super solid. I think he made both of his penalty kicks in the last round and this, this one, you know, he was one that they kept in, in the, in the penalty kick li- lineup. Um, uh, but yeah, certain other people that missed were like, maybe you shouldn't be one of our penalty kick takers. <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought it was interesting that Song Bin Zhang uh, stepped up for the fourth penalty kick, obviously since he missed a penalty kick earlier in the year. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds like he's been taking them really well in practice. Clearly put his mind to it after he had a very, a very weak penalty kick. It's actually to that, to that matter. So, and he hit the hell out of his ball as well. So good to see the confidence back in the, in the South Korean kids. So. Uh, all right. <laughs> Who do we got for our Friday dues uh, for this game? Jess, why don't we start with you? I've got to give my good ado to Rosales. His first goal really set, like I said, the whole tone for the, the match for me. I was optimistic. I believed in us. I believed in us all the better when Bongi scored and it just kept getting better from there. And then we got to like not even it wasn't like a gimme right we had to take pks and it's like in your face rosales all right mj who you got um i really want to go with the super obvious one on this one but i'm gonna leave that one to david hopefully and i'm gonna take dane st Clair. um dane st Clair with that massive save on on huerta for me he that wasn't the only save he had to make he had to do some dirty work to make up for the loons lack of defense sometimes. Um, and so I felt like Dane keep a, keeping us in the game and also making that massive save in the penalty kick shootout. Dane gets my good to do. Yeah. It's great to see him doing well in penalty shootouts because uh, before the Columbus one, he had lost his last two, uh, one to the U S and the gold cup. And then the final, the FC Dallas uh, playoff game, um, yeah, and he'd gone the wrong way, you know. I think even even though he only made the one save, he went right. Uh, I think three of the four penalties. So yeah. he was going. He was choosing. He was making the right decision. Just maybe not quite getting there. So um, I don't know who you think the the obvious one is. I'm gonna go with Reynoso, who is yes, vitally, the one involved with both goals. Okay, that's the what cheeky, I thought. The cheeky back heel pass to to Fragapane for the. You know that led to the bongi goal. Yeah, the, like, the one two of them uh, working through the defense and the, yeah, and that cheeky back heel, and then you know uh, absolutely putting a ball on a silver platter for Rosales to one time it. Um, yeah. You know, it's just it's amazing how much uh, better he makes everybody around him. He's, I believe he's got six assists in the um, in the tournament right now, and I think he might be still be tops. Although Honey Mukhtar got three against us uh, the, over the wow. weekend, so uh, he might not be the uh, the assist leader right now, but. Uh, yeah, all right, Jess, you're hot or not, review, let's go. Woo! 
not hot and really quite OCD aggravating, if you ask me, was the placement of the Toluca players' names on their jerseys. I do not want to have to wait for a full body shot in order to see a player's name on their butt. I want it easily accessible, right at the nape of their necks, like their names actually fucking matter. This is America. If this annoyed anyone else just as much as it annoyed me, I want to hear about it because I also might need a referral. <laughs> Not hot. Tiago Volpi, Toluca number <laughs> one, goalkeeper. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks to Rosales' early goal in the 13th minute, not only did I feel good, my attention was called to Tiago's lizard-like features. And boy, I really enjoyed comparing his face to iguanas the rest of the match. When we post this on the twits, I will show you my visual comparison. Be delighted. So hot. Bongi's patience when setting up his goal. He was like, am I going to do it? How about now? How about now? No, now. It was awesome. And not hot exactly, but heartwarming. The post-Bongi goal flight of the loons with guest appearances by... Frank Fragapane, Reynoso, and Dotson. And they just look so genuinely joyous. I want that in a GIF or GIF, however you may pronounce it. ASAP, if the internet gods are listening, or perhaps a MNUFC fan with those sorts of talents. <laughs> please, please um, send it to me in my DMs. This is my wish. <clears throat> Love, Jess. Very, very good. Um, I will say to the uh, name uh, placement on the jersey, that is not an uncommon thing. Uh, the Bundesliga has it as well. The I believe the idea behind it is the club over the player, right? So the club is the first, the most important thing. The player is the second most important thing. So um, the club is the most important thing on the front. Uh, well, the other that's the other thing is that the, you don't wear your team's logo on the front of your jersey. <clears throat> you wear it as a badge over your heart. Right. So the, you, there's a sponsor on the front of your jersey. So I you're, my name Jess, on my you're, you're, you're very America brain here right now. And, I, and I just kind of, I'm just trying to let you, help you not be so America brain uh, on this, uh, this uh, especially this international okay. sport. So um, not trying to be, not trying to be a dick or anything. I'm sorry, but um, just trying to tell you what the, I think what the logic of behind and the reasoning behind it. So um, also in the women, the, the PHF, the professional hockey federation, which I believe now is under a new name because they combined with the other women's hockey pro league, but they typically have names on the back of their jerseys towards the bottom because some gals wear ponytails and it allows then everyone, regardless of hairstyle to see their names. So it's a thing in women's hockey as well. Cool. Thanks. Thanks MJ. The more, you know, yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's very quickly talk about the game that happened this past Friday. Uh, Nashville 5, Loons 0. Um, the funny thing about this game, so Ethan Bristol comes in for, um, and uh, Joseph Rosales. So Ethan Bristol comes in on the left. Um, Rosales goes up uh, 
to the midfield for the uh, suspended Hassani Dotson. Um, and that is sort of how your lineup starts. Uh, Minnesota is actually looking quite, quite good for the beginning of this game. They were for once creating the chances. Um, they have more possession. They really take it to Nashville. Uh, and then they, in the 34th minute, uh, Minnesota gets its third red card of the tournament. Uh, DJ Taylor, a straight red card of the tournament, mind you. Um, DJ Taylor gets a red card for Dogso. Uh, uh, Schaufelberg, I can't remember the, that jerk ass's first name. Uh, Schaufelberg is running in behind. Dane, uh, sorry, DJ clips him, clips his heel right at the top of the box. I, go, I thought it was a pretty soft uh, foul. Um, however, it's because he was the last defender. It is a dog so, and therefore straight red. The referee wasted little time pulling out the card, running up to DJ. Um, and this, ladies and gentlemen, is how I found out that DJ's uh, first name is actually David, and he cool. needs to be on the podcast. So he's a Dave. DJ Taylor is a Dave. Um, oh my God. So, yeah. Um, so that's awesome. Lives. Not so awesome. The red card that he suffers, and I, I assume. That his suspension will be will will take place next uh, in the next tournament. Um, I don't think the red cards here transfer over to MOS, um, but I've heard neither confirmation about that. I would assume not because it's a different competition. But you would think. Who the hell knows? Anyways, I know MJ. I know you had some thoughts on on this red card here. So, okay, I did not watch this game closely. Uh, I watched part of it as I was packing up to move out of a of a cat sitting uh, job. And so I had one eye on everything that I'm packing up and one eye on the, on the television screen. But my sense is that for much of the first half and possibly the whole game, Jacob Schaffelberg was flopping and diving all over the place. He absolutely Anytime was. There was any slightest bit of contact or perceived contact on him. He went down. And not just like, oh, I'm running really hard, so any slight nudge is going to affect me and throw me off my line. I'm not running very hard, and I'm going to play act the fuck out of this. And referees need to be wise to those types of players um, and start into question when, yes, it, he DJ was the last person in, in the box. It is dog so, but... Was it embellishment? Was it simulation? And I think this call is absolutely horseshit. Not because DJ didn't touch him. He did. And DJ might have even slightly touched him in the back. But this should have been a yellow card on Schaffelberg for embellishment. And I'm super biased about this. And I'm pissed off about it. And I also am not going to like... Minnesota United should appeal and you know try right. to the sports court like 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 there's enough clear evidence that he touched him he pushed him and this well no he didn't he didn't push him he he, he literally just barely clipped his foot MJ it was it was a well, it was, was even was, more uh, there was a wasn't there a touch in the, on the back of his jersey I don't I don't believe so I thought, I thought there was I a hand was, check on the back maybe but yeah he definitely you're definitely on the feet yeah you're definitely right no I think he I think he clipped him but you're right he may have had his hand on his back but like. He, I don't think there was like a shoving motion. It wasn't like, you know, I think it was, he was holding, you know, had his hand holding on to him, but I okay. think he clipped his foot. And then, cause the way he fell over, he just like, it's just, it wasn't like he like went like, you know, like this, like where if you, someone pushes you, it was like, like someone takes out your leg or whatever. And so he went down, it was, you are hundred percent correct though. It was, he was a pain in the ass to Minnesota all night. He was flopping around the pitch pitch. 
Um, I remember watching, I was watching this game with people at the Blackheart and everybody was just like, God damn it. That guy's the most annoying POS I've ever, ever seen. So yeah. 23 year old Jacob Schaffelberg, everybody like, yeah. who is the one teaching this guy how to play soccer? God. Yeah. I have a Jess? question. Yeah. What's dog? So denial of goal scoring opportunity. Oh. And it, is, it is defined specifically that the second to last player back, which is usually the last defender, although at times when a goalkeeper is being very aggressive and a defensive player is, is falling back for the goalkeeper, it could be the Doxo called on the goalkeeper. But David, do you have anything more to say about Doxo? Yeah, um, basically, yeah, it's what yeah what MJ says. So basically, you're the last defender. There's no one between there. Or no, there's no one between, and there's no one that the referee thinks has an opportunity to get back to make a to to be a, a second defender, basically. Because I've seen it called where you know there is you know more or less like they're both more or less like in line, but there's clearly the uh, defender had an, a line on the guy to get back there. So there is a little bit of uh, referee interpretation in there, but it's pretty pretty straightforward, just as MJ as MJ mentioned. So. Um, it's funny. I believe local uh, athletic reporter Jeff Ruder has a dog so tattoo. So, if you ever see Jeff Ruder, you can ask him for his dog so tattoo. It's a, it's literally a picture of a dog. It's just that dog so. Um, it's a fun. It's a funny old MOS joke. So, um, if you know, you know. So, all right. Well, let's just. I'll just power through the goals here. Um, five minutes later, Shaq Moore scores for uh, National. That is U.S. Men's National Team player Shaq Moore. Uh, five minutes after that, uh, Minnesota's own T.O. Bumbury scores uh, right before halftime. Uh, five minutes after half, Alex Milf scores for Nashville. Um, three minutes later, Sam Surridge, the new de uh, new de designated player for Nashville, who had just come on um, at the beginning of the second half, scores. Uh, six minutes after that, uh, Hani Mukhtar scores, making it five to nothing. So in um, basically the span of uh, 20 five minutes uh nashville scores five goals so um and the game was completely out of out of hand by that point and basically it was just a, a slap fight from there on out um Melee. just an, an abysmal abysmal performance from minnesota on on friday night. however there is a silver lining here guys in that uh, because they did not make the semifinals their game against nycfc did not have to get moved which is on this coming sunday and i will be in ny in, in new york for that game at City Field, I was really not looking forward to having to try to reschedule that trip if they moved the game later in the week um, or having to, like, cancel my tickets for that game because I will not be in New York during that time. So um, I was I was disappointed that they lost, but also secretly maybe kind of happy that they lost that game. So um, a place in the CONCACAF Champions Cup would have been awesome. Um, winning a tournament would have been really cool, but I'm also I'm not, you know, 100 uh, percent. I've, you can't disabuse me of the notion of 100, like 100 that I uh, maybe was after that second goal was kind of like eh whatever. So yeah, me too. That's exactly. Well, Jay, do you have something? Uh, you and Anna are are both going to this New York City FC versus Minnesota United game, correct? Uh, yes, and both of my children. And Anna supports a one English Premier League club that has ties to New York City FC. Um, yes. It, 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 does she have any uh, divided loyalties about this game? Um, if you ha even deign to suggest that to her, MJ, 
Um, I I fear your wrath, the wrath that will be unleashed upon you. So um, please try and bring that up to her. Um, I would love to see the reaction that she gets and that you get from her. So I'd probably get um, punched in the face. You know that that if that is the only thing that happens to you, I think you have gotten off very very okay. lightly. Yeah, so okay. she she bleeds Minnesota. I get it. Yes, yes. Um, although don't you know, don't think I don't tease her about that sometimes. Um, all right, just like as you've experienced a similar. <laughs> I, have, I have not. I'm not. Well, I'm not. Not. Not in this way, my friend. Not in this way. So, uh, Jess, you also have a post match. We're not going to do Freddy News from this game because no one was good and everybody was bad. Um, Everything was bad. Everything. Was <laughs> but bad. Uh, but uh, you have a post match uh, hot or not review for this game as well. Oh, so hit just... us with it. All right. So the number one reason I wish we would have won this match is so Bongi could have continued his golden boot run. But the second reason in order of priority, I wish Minnesota would have won is so I still had this fantasy dream of selling my seats to a Miami at Minnesota final, final match. Cause like that could have paid my rent probably for at least a month. <sighs> So I'm kind of like, I was kind of counting on that. I mean, not, but I wish I could have. Anyway, not hot. Re-fucking-diculous red card on DJ Taylor. I I don't understand dog so apparently, but um, for a moment after the red card, I thought, well, We've won with 10 men on the pitch before, but that moment was fleeting. And my hopes were immediately dashed when they scored just three minutes later. So that's when I started drinking the pain away. More than drinking to enhance this excellent winning match. And honestly, after that goal, the rest of my viewing experience was just glancing at the TV once in a while and seeing Nashville up another goal every time and exclaiming that the F-bomb in progressively louder tones until the final whistle. And I don't think that was hot. Probably not. <laughs> uh, one, MJ, do you have anything else in this game? Otherwise, we'll... Um, I just want to echo your sentiment on the no good Freddie Adu's here. I believe Tegan and Sarah have the lyrics, everything is horrible, everything is horrible when you aren't part of a team. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, good, some good Lego jokes in here. Uh and then uh, the only thing I'll say is this, so I watched this game at the Blackheart. Uh, you guys remember Friday we had the um, crazy, crazy storm that rolled through at like 5.30. Um, and so I, I actually was going to a dinner, very, uh, very quick antidote, going to a retirement dinner for my Aunt Jean, MJ, who you've met. Um, she's retiring finally. Um, Congrats, retired, retired finally. Uh, anyway, so, we, you know, this big thunderstorm, hail, just, just buckets of rain. Um, Get home after that. It clears up. Get home. Get the kids to bed. It's like, all right, I'm going to run over to the black cart and, and catch the last, like, 60 minutes of this game. Um, I get there, and everybody's packed in the front of the of the bar. You know, all the, you know, Red Loons, Dark Clouds, everybody's like, 
why is why are we not in the back and like oh you haven't seen the video um if you get a chance blackheart had show, put a video out on friday uh they had massive leakage in the back room literally filling up buckets like garbage buckets of, of water from a, um, a, I don't know if it wasn't necessarily a leak, but like their drain clogged. And so like the water they had were nowhere installing to go. a flume ride. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's pretty impressive. Um, so uh, so there was long story short, they're cleaning up the bar and actually Wes was op- able to open the back room by the second half. And that was happening. So that happened like around, you know, what, 630 um, within, you know, uh, four hours, he was able to open up, or less than that, three hours, he was able to open up the back room, which is super cool, and and seems like there's minimal damage to the black arts, which is the the main object of the story here, so, um, and, yeah. Anyways, I might cut that out. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> I what? support, I support its inclusion. Uh, let's move to Minnesota United FC2. I don't think there's a ton to say about these games, um, just because uh, I don't think any of us watched them, but the, loon, the, the, the tunes picked up uh, five points on the week, uh, they beat uh, LAFC two out in LA, uh, one to nothing. Uh, on, I believe that was on Wednesday, and then on uh, Saturday they uh, beat City St. Louis City two in St. Louis City. Um, it was a two two draw, and they won four three in penalties. So, uh, with that five points, uh, Minnesota is currently sitting in sixth place in the MLS Next Pro Western Conference. Uh, they have a nine seven and six record, <clears throat> thirty six points. Uh, and sixth place would put them in the playoffs for for the season. So um, go tunes. All right. Finally, before our break, uh, once a loon. Um, MJ, take it away. Yeah. So we've been talking about Charlotte Independence a lot this year, just because one Miguel Ibarra has been playing so well. But this Saturday, Charlotte Independence took on Georgia Trementa, USL league one and playing for georgia tormenta is one minneapolis born mukwele akale he was last seen playing for Paphos fc in the cypriot pro league after four seasons with via real c or b teams um mukwele akale scores a goal for tormenta his fourth on the year it was a beautiful curler goes upper 90 over a bunch of defenders and beating the goalkeeper right in the corner but not to be outdone, once a loon, Galibara, they are currently leading 2-1 when Galibara scores his first goal for Charlotte Independence this season. He does have eight assists. He's been playing really, really well at that level. Woo! But he finally gets his first goal on the year. And it couldn't happen at a better time as the regular season for USL League One is winding down and they will Charlotte Independence are in a playoff spot. I miss Miguel. Very cool. Um, awesome. Some Minnesota connections uh, down in uh, in the south. So, all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, um, we got some uh, women's soccer to talk about, uh, as well as a game up, coming up against NYCFC. So we'll be right back. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want you. Welcome back to the second half of the Dave's I Know. Uh, we're going to kick it off, as always, with some lower league soccer and specifically Gopher women's soccer. 
season kicks off this week. I know they've been playing some um, exhibition games, but season kicks off for real this week, right, MJ? Yeah, I up until this point, I really wasn't able to talk about the exhibition games uh, as a equal time soccer media member, but I can tell you that they did beat North Dakota State, and they had a very narrow loss to Iowa State in their uh, preseason exhibition games. But what I can say is this Thursday, their season opens 6 p.m. at Elizabeth Laros Robbie Stadium versus Niagara University. You should be there, even though I cannot. Um, I will be at most games, but this game is the one that I cannot make, that I have a conflict on my schedule. And speaking of games that I can make, this Sunday, August 20th at 1 p.m., also at home versus New Hampshire, I will be in the press box for. So uh, come out. There's two really great gopher games on Thursday and Sunday at home against teams we can beat. Um, it will be fun for those Aurora or Ravantalit people listening to this pod, and I know some of you are. Uh, Yelena Zabilich is playing on the Gophers this year, and you might be surprised where Coach Aaron Chastain has her lined up. Um, after this weekend, they do the Milwaukee Maelstrom of playing at UW-Milwaukee next Thursday, August 24th and going to Marquette on Sunday, August 27th. All right. <clears throat> Very cool. And then uh, who are some of the pl- other players besides um, um, Zbilich? Zbilich, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, returning, of course, are the Harper sisters, Sadie and Kaya Harper. Kaya Harper coming off a goal-scoring uh, just storm that she gave in the WPSL this year. And then um, also sisters Izzy and Amelia Brown. Um, also, very strong defense in returning sever- center back Elizabeth Overberg and fullback Abby Franson. They are both experienced and upperclassmen. Speaking of upperclassmen, we also have some excited new players, not just Yelena, who transferred in from Chicago, but winger Paige Kalal is a freshman, and center midfielder Kate Childers, uh, who will often be paired with Emila Brown in the center midfield. Um, both of these freshmen will get minutes. They may even start. They look very, very good. So come out, uh, look at the Gophers, and like get to know the players. They're they're really fun to watch. Right on. Yeah. If you follow, you know, any uh, WPSL teams or <clears throat> or Aurora, um, not just players from Aurora, but there are players from across the league that play for um, the U that you might recognize too. So um, speaking of Aurora. <laughs> Adriana Del Moro um, signs a professional contract, right, MJ? Yeah, she is going to Birkirkara FC uh, that play in the Maltese Professional League. Uh, just another Aurora player getting a pro contract in Europe. Uh, yes, it's Malta. Like, it's not a big five. But if you've seen pictures of the Mediterranean from the coast of Malta, you'd like to play there too. Uh, hell yeah. All right. Um, speaking um, of islands, say, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Del Moral is coming off a very impressive season for Minnesota Aurora, not in the sense that she scored a lot of goals or had a lot of assists, but just showing that she can play just about anywhere. She played at wing, center, midfield, and fullback. She does get a, a Swiss Army Award from me, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what she can do in Malta. 
Yeah, very cool. Uh, very cool. See, yeah, that Aurora keeps still having that um, uh, professional contract pipeline um, as well. <clears throat> so, um, all right. Speaking of professional soccer teams um, who play um, in unprofessional stadiums, NYCFC this coming Sunday, 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 August 20th. Uh, that'll be 6.30 local kickoff time for me, um, but 7.30 kickoff time for y'all back here in Minnesota. Uh, they are playing not at Yankee Stadium, which is a terrible place to play a soccer game, but at City Field, which I am too, um, I have understanding to be told is less shitty than Yankee Field in terms of watching a soccer match there. So um, I believe there's like 31, 32 of us going out uh, to watch the game. I know there's some East Coast uh, folks who are making the trip up. Um, and then, yeah, there are about 30 of us bought tickets in the Wonderwall section. Um, which if you are in New York and you want to come hang out, uh, we're in section 121. Um, we have three rows of an entire baseball section. So there'll be plenty of seating if you want to come hang out with, uh, with the Wonderwall crew. So um, I want to see pictures to prove that you can set up a soccer field in a baseball field and not have it be a trapezoid zone. Well, you know what? I, I will try. Um, but from my understanding, from I, we have a, a, a Dave's, I know, friend of the pod out there, Nick Hopman, um, who uh, will be at the game, actually. And um, he, he assured me that City Field is a much better place to watch um, a New York City FC match than Yankee Stadium. So I don't know if that means it's less of a trapezoid um, if you're closer to the to the field uh, or what. Because I know watching some games at Yankee Stadium, uh, there are some fans that are like 300 yards, or, you know, 300 feet away from, um, you know, the closest uh, point of action on, on that pitch. So um, maybe city feels more rectangle or something and less of a, whatever the hell that typical baseball shape is a diamond. <clears throat> so go figure. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, so it's NYCFC is a team that we um, have, you know, a little bit of a history with, obviously they were the first team that played uh, at Allianz field in a three, uh, three draw. Um we don't play them often, obviously, as they are in the on the uh, on the East Coast and the Eastern Conference. Um, but uh, MJ, who who should we look out for uh, from uh, NYCFC? Uh, I was just going to mention U.S. Men's National Team center back and uh, former Rangers FC from Scotland center back uh, James Sands now plays for New York City FC. I don't know if we need to look out for him, but he's a big name on, on, on the team. Yes. Uh, yeah. He is one of the bigger ones. One of the more well-known, um, you know, well-known players on the team. Um, Keaton parks also um, American. Uh, I don't think he's got any national team call-ups yet, um, but he is definitely um, a, a player with has been played in youth, at least in youth uh, matches. Um, Maxine Cheneau, another, um, name that might be familiar yep. to MLS, uh, fans. Um, Richie Ledesma, another young American player, um, plays, uh, as a forward slash left winger. Attacking midfielder. Yeah. Attacking midfielder. Um, loaned in from PSV Eindhoven. Uh, yeah. And then, um, probably the, their best player, um, attacking midfielder, uh, Santiago Maxi Rodriguez. Uh, our uh, Uruguayan uh, player, he's probably the the more most prolific uh, scorer for them. They were knocked out of the um, League's Cup in the, I believe it was the round of 32 um, against the Bread Bulls. 
Um, and so they haven't played a, a competitive match since August 3rd. Uh, Minnesota obviously getting knocked out of the tournament on, um, on the, what was it, the 11th. So they'll have, um, you know, a little less time to get, you know, to take, shake any rust off or whatever. Um, Minnesota has been, you know, playing pretty consistently and um, NYCFC has been, you know, I'm assuming practicing for, for that time. So hopefully that bodes well and is in Minnesota's favor. We know Minnesota is a, at least this year has been a pretty decent uh, road team with Nashville, <laughs> not, 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 notwithstanding. Uh, and NYCFC has been a team that um, has, uh, you know, played okay at home, but not, they're not barn bust, you know, barn burner, barn, sorry, barn busters at home either. So, um, you, and they play more of a, mention, sorry, go ahead. Did you mention Maxi Morales? I, uh, I did not. I said Rodriguez, but not Maxi Morales. Yes, you're right. MJ. So, uh, yeah, they're, they also have an Argentine number 10, uh, Argentine central attacking midfielder, uh, Maxi Morales. Uh, he's good. Um, we can discuss after this game if, if he's Reynoso good or better than Reynoso, but like, keep your eye on him. Yeah. And then, uh, goalkeeper for New York City, too, is, um, Luis Barraza. Um, he's uh, started and played in, um, every one of, uh, NYCFC's games. Only four clean sheets. Um, he is, uh, he's zero, for, you know, 0 for 2 on penalties saved. So, um, he's not, He's only 26. He's a relatively young, much like Dane, um, young, young American goalkeeper as well. So, uh, my bad. Uh, Maxi Morales returned to Argentina this year. So, oh, he was. I remember, I remember him yeah. being dangerous last year for the club. I apologize. He's he's no longer with the team. You are probably thinking of Alfredo Morales, uh, who's also. You know, no, I'm thinking of the central attacking midfielder that played with him last year. Anyway. Okay. Well, Alfredo Morales plays as – I think he's been hurt recently, but he is um, – he's been with New York City, see, NYCFC for a couple of years now. Yep. Um, he is also – he's also a, a, a number 10. So that's why I thought maybe, maybe that is – I thought maybe that's oh, – I thought he was more up, of a so. defensive midfielder, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I think – I mean, I think he plays a, as a, more of an attacking mid than a central okay. defensive mid. Anyways, it's neither here nor there. Um, yeah. All right. How do we take on uh, NYCFC and, and how do we how do we uh, get a victory on our first MLS match back in um, since the League's Cup? Like we played Toluca and like we never played Nashville. <laughs> I hope that... like the men in black come with their little light and totally wipe that memory from the loons me- collective memory. It did not happen onward and upward. No, seriously. Did you flashy me? <laughs> MJ, what are your thoughts? I feel that New York City FC is going to try to possess the ball, and we should do our loons thing, and we should wait for the counter and pounce. And unlike versus Nashville, where we didn't score any goals, we should score goals because, as one great football philosopher once said, goals <laughs> change games. <laughs> yeah. Um... I don't, I, I think, you know, I think combination of, of both of what you guys have said, um, this is a team that um, will give up goals. Um, I don't think we need to score a ton of goals against NYCFC, 
but we definitely need to make sure our defense is stout. Um, it was interesting. Bukai Debasi did not get a start. Um, Miguel Tapias, I, we did, I forgot to even mention this in the national game, but Miguel Tapias was looked like he was out of position a lot. So <clears throat> I wonder if um, Bukai Debasi either gets to start at left back um, with Tapia staying in, um, but with Bristow in, maybe Debasi comes in as the left fullback um, with Bristow on the left, um, and then Boxall and um, TJ Taylor. Uh, oh, TJ Taylor will be gone. Or oh, no, no, he won't. He should shouldn't be gone. Uh, I forgot that oh. red card is not in. Uh, so TJ Taylor on the right. Totally. Um, yep. <clears throat> um, with um, Debasi taking Tapias's place in the lineup, I I could potentially see that happening. So um, I think this will be a tough game for the Loons. Um, but I think there's nothing that there's no reason why they can't come out of this game with a point. So I'm predicting a one, one draw for Minnesota. Um, <clears throat> MJ. Two, one loss, uh, for Minnesota, New York city, uh, FC win at their home away from home. <laughs> right on. Uh, Jess. Bongi continues his streak. And we win two one. All right. <clears throat> one of us will be right. <laughs> one of us. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Right. Yes, hopefully. Uh, all right. Uh, before we wrap it up, MJ, I know unfortunately you had to miss uh, our uh, Minnesota Football <laughs> Davis podcast yesterday. Um, we. Um, I'm not going to say the time because you'll think it's an insult to you, but um, let's say it was uh, less than the hour and 45 minute one that we did the couple week couple podcasts ago. So. Um, oh really? Yeah, it was less than that, but yeah, it was only four games, so obviously it was going to be less time. But anyways, I want to give you the opportunity if you had any women's World Cup thoughts from the uh, quarterfinals um, that you wanted um, to talk about or shout out here. I am gonna go out on a limb and say the winner of Spain Sweden wins the World Cup. <clears throat> That's that is my prediction. Um, I feel like that is the tougher half of the bracket, um, but that saying. Australia as a host looks like the team of destiny and because they are technically not geographically, but in football wise in the Asian football confederation, <laughs> go Asia. So I'm cheering for Australia, but I'm, I'm predicting that Spain or Sweden is, 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 is going to, going to win it. All. all right. All right. Um... That's all. That's all I got to say. Yeah, no, I you'll you you know you won't won't be surprised to learn that I'm I'm fully on the Australia bandwagon. I I'm not uh, demurring from Australia winning this tournament. Um, I'm with you there, man. And uh, yeah, the uh, I I think did you did you know that the the most recent Minnesota Football Davis podcast was called Team of Destiny or Teams of Destiny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I haven't listened so, to it yet, but yeah. Okay. So well, the 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 reference there was actually teams because Sweden um, pulled off an unlikely upset against Japan uh yeah. in the quarterfinals as well so yeah if you want um so the sorry go ahead mj i was really looking forward to that rematch between spain and japan uh we all complained about how they set up the knockout coming out of pool play where it potentially you could see your pool mate you know too early in the tournament but i was looking forward to that spain japan rematch uh sweden putting on a clinic against Japan, almost like Japan put on the clinic versus Spain. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But so because I don't believe 
in the like the associated well let me get i don't believe a beats b b beats c therefore a beats c you know because since i don't believe that i i think sweden and spain is going to be a tough tough game like any it's anybody yeah for sure um by the time you're listening to this podcast, that game will be over, uh, unfortunately, because it's taking place uh, in, what, about five hours from now? Um, however, uh, if you want to go check out the um, the Australia-England game, that game is taking place on um, well, Tuesday night, technically Wednesday morning at 5 a.m. Um, I know the Blackheart oh. will be open for that one, and I will be there. Uh, and then the Blackheart will be open for the final of the tournament, which I believe is Sunday morning. Um, technically, uh, technically Saturday night, Sunday morning, uh, at 5 a.m. And I know the black heart is opening for the final as well. So unfortunately I will not be here to, to watch it at the black heart, but check it out if you can. Are they not open at 3 a.m. for Spain, Sweden? They're not going to be opening tonight at 3 a.m. So Damn unfortunately, it. Damn um, it. Night yes. Owls lose. yes, Night Owls uh, lose. I will probably wake up and just go lay on my couch and watch it in bits and spurts from my couch as I, I'm unable to sleep. So I got fall asleep for 20 minutes, wake up, watch 20 minutes, fall asleep for 20 minutes. Um, hopefully time it to get most of uh, a chunk of sleep during the halftime. Um, so we'll see, <laughs> but uh, I'll be there at 5 a.m. on Wednesday. So if you get to the podcast before then come hang out with the black Heart with us. There's like four or five of us who go pretty regularly to the 5 a.m. Games We're we're a fun crew. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, all right. Anything else, MJ, either Women's World Cup or any other soccer related things you need to get off your chest? I just want to say for those that haven't met my girlfriend, Jen, yet, please meet her. My parents liked her. My sister and my brother-in-law even liked, the, liked her. And let's just face it. My, my family is not the most likable people, including myself. So, like, if if... Jen can make all of us like her. She's probably pretty amazing, and you should meet her. I will. I will second that. Jen is a is a pretty amazing person, and um, I ter- she has world? terrible taste in men. I'll give her that. But um, <laughs> yeah, look at who she's dating. <laughs> uh, but no, she's also heavily involved in uh, Minnesota Aurora too, in, in the um, in Revanchulet. So um, if, if you know if she's involved in soccer, she's a, a cool person generally. So we love you, uh, Jen. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> All right, Jess, anything else from you? Um, any, anything we need to know? All right. Well, please visit and review the pod, rate and review the podcast wherever you get it. Um, five stars if you can. Uh, at TDIKMN on Twitter. Uh, at Texas Zeller is uh, my personal handle. I'm also at Texas Zeller or Texas Zeller. Uh, I'm on Blue Sky now. Um, FYI, bitches. What's that? Uh, it's the, the new Twitter alternative that people think are, is actually going to, it most, mostly functions like Twitter. So um, all the cool people are, all the cool people are over there. So you can find me there. Texas Zeller is my, is my handle over there as well. Uh, MJ is at MJ Matsui and Jess is as always at Jessica 144083. Niner. Niner two. I'm at MJ MPLS at Blue Sky. Oh, right on MJ. Do I follow you on the Blue Sky yet? We should follow each know. other. <laughs> uh all right well jess is the only one who's not on uh blue sky um, Jess is not so, cool jess has never been cool jess thinks being cool is overrated all right well hit us up if you need to uh jess what do people need to they're, they're sending you 
um what gecko pictures or what were they sending you again <laughs> i'm going to be posting oh um toluca's goalkeeper alongside the lizard i think he most resembles when okay. no, i repost people, the pod people need to send you uh the gif of uh fragapane reynoso and dotson doing oh the, yeah the flight of the loons yes, the the <laughs> all right so if you get that send that to jess um all right thank you everybody uh we have a good day to go As you do yours, land here, become feet, cunt. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Who the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Nah, yo, I can't do nothing at all. Check it out, though.